Hello everyone and welcome to episode 19 of the Everyday Enthusiast podcast, Mobile World Congress 2019. I am Chris, your Everyday Enthusiast, and here are some of the things that interested me the most over the last week. Before we get started, I just wanted to say that this podcast is available on your favorite podcast platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Pocket Casts, and Overcasts. If you want to like, rate, and subscribe, that would be greatly appreciated. I can also be reached at everydayenthusiastpodcast at gmail.com. No dots, dashes, or spaces. Again, that's everydayenthusiastpodcast at gmail.com. All right, on with the show. Okay, we start every episode here with a little bit of fun, follow-up updates, and notes. Uh, I am going to be lumping together some of the stories here today. There's a lot that I want to talk about, and many of them relate to each other. So I'm going to be talking about some of them in tandem. But there could be two separate links about two or more devices in one of the topics that we discuss here. So be sure to follow those. Also, uh, I'm going to be keeping it a little bit short today, or a little shorter than, than I have been. I made the comment months ago that I wanted to keep the topics a little shorter and cover more of them. Well, that quickly went out the window, uh, and I slid back into talking at length about each and everything that we discussed. Today will be an attempt to try and get back to the quick thoughts on more topics. Also, Last week did not go as I thought that it would. I was planning to do the show last Friday. Well, not this last Friday, but the previous Friday. And then last Monday, not yesterday, but a week ago yesterday, um, I was going to do another one. Uh, I did the show on Friday. And then the one on Monday, I did not. But uh, you are getting one today. Also, one day late. We've had a little bit of uh, family... Under undertakings here, if you will, a little bit of potty training, and uh, the weekend was quite full of being locked in the house and trying to get that underway. So I'm a, I'm a day late, my apologies, but here you go. All right, so topic numero uno today, folding phones all around. So we talked about the Galaxy Fold last week after they had their press event, and after that we got the Huawei Mate X. Uh, this is a phone that is also folds, but it folds the other way around. Okay, um, the Galaxy Fold kind of folds in on the main screen, and then you have a separate screen on the outside. This one folds out outwards, I guess, if you will, and the screen is actually on the outside of the phone as it's folded. Um, I don't like this as much, I don't think. Um, it's tons bigger when it's closed. I'm obviously not going to like that. And Samsung's approach uh, with a fold just seems more polished. Don't get me wrong, this is still a concept. Both of these are still concept phones, but they just, they both seem like, uh, uh, I don't know. Samsung's just seems a little bit more polished. It seems like an actual product ready for mass consumption. Kind of, okay, with caveats, obviously. Um, Samsung's hinge seems stronger to me, you know, with the gears and whatnot. I, I don't know if we talked about that, but if you follow some of the links here, you can see what that looks like. And um, I don't know, it, it just looks stronger to me, like it would be, it would withstand more folds, if you will. Uh, and the screen seems like it would be more protected. Like I said, the, the screen on the Samsung is on the inside. I have warmed slightly on the exterior screen. While it is small, it is 
quite small, which I like. I still do hate those top and bottom bezels. They are enormous, but it's not as bad as I originally thought. Um, I would like how that feels in the hand. I mean, the, the pictures, unless they have somebody with just gargantuan hands, it looks like when it's folded, it's very narrow um, and like it would feel really good. I know it'd be very thick, uh, crazy thick actually, but that doesn't bother me all that much. Like I've said, these are all just prototypes, but the Mate X does have a larger unfolded screen, which I know a lot of people would want, you know, when you're using this in, uh, say, tablet mode, if you will. Uh, and all of that is going to cost you, in this Huawei Mate X, $2,600. Let's let that sink in for a second. Okay, I, <laughs> I'm still, I've known this for over a week now, I'm still trying to let this sink in. That is so expensive. But again, I have said it already five times just here in the last couple minutes, this is a prototype. They are releasing this at a large, large cost, uh, exp a large expense, to see how many people will buy it, to see what the interest is. And I'm sure if there is a lot of interest, if the people that can afford to spend the money on this uh, drop the money and they sell a lot of these or a relatively lot, um, then, you know, the price will come down. They will figure out how to get this price down so that it's more accessible to the masses. Um, all right, so moving on a little bit here, still the same topic after all of the folding talk, of course, we are going to get some concepts from what Apple might do. Now, these are just concepts. I'm not going to dwell here. I know I tend to do that when it comes to concepts a little too much. I do focus on those. I just like people playing with different ideas and see what people can come up with. But check out the link, it's very cool. Now, moving on to the next couple topics here, I think I'm going to address these phones company like based on the company because um, obviously a lot of the companies uh, released or announced many different phones or a couple of different phones so I don't know if that's going to make the flow any better but anyway we'll 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 take it as it comes here we go so first up is Nokia um, Nokia announced their Nokia 9 peer view this thing looks strange and is going to be rather large for my liking, but there are some things that I like a lot about it. It has five 12 megapixel cameras on the back. This is going to take some amazing pictures, provided this, that the software that is compiling all of those pictures together is up to snuff. It is coming with Android 9 Pie and will be on the Android One program, meaning that it's going to get fast updates for three years, um, which is nice. You know, it's nice to know that going into a purchase that you are going to get those updates, unlike, say, a Samsung phone where you have no clue how long you're going to get updates for. Um, I will say, too, I want to mention here that those, those cameras completely flush on the back, no camera bump. I would love for every phone to do this. It is the one thing I despise. Well, okay. I won't say it's the one thing I despise most about modern phones, but it irks me so, so much. These ridiculous camera bumps. Pretty sure it started with the Apple uh, iPod Touch, 
one of the first iPod touch or not the first iPod touches, but one of the versions of the iPod touch had a camera bump on the back. And, uh, I don't know. Anyway, that's a bit of a side tangent. Okay. So what else do I like about this phone? The Android nine PureView. It also does have USB C meaning it's going to have fast charging with a standard cable connector. Uh, IP67 rating, meaning that you don't have to worry about it getting wet or dropping it in the dirt. Uh, look, this is by no means all of the specs, okay? It is just the ones that I think are worth mentioning to me, to my, as far as my interests go. The one thing I, I think that is worth mentioning that I'm kind of neutral on is the price, and that is $699. It's not bad, provided that the pictures are good and that that's the main focus of why you're buying this phone. Then there are the rest of the Nokia phones that were announced, all of which are budget uh, phones at varying different prices and sizes and specs. Uh, I'm not going to go into all of those specs for each. You can check out the link uh, if you if you want to follow those. So first up here, we have the Nokia 4.2 and the Nokia 4.3. Um, there are some shared specs between the two that are notable. Both of them have dedicated Google Assistant buttons. That is something we're going to see a lot more of on Android phones, and we're going to talk about that in our next topic. They have Google Translate built into the phone, meaning these are truly global phones, and face unlock. The 4.2 is the smaller of the two with a 5.7 inch display so it's going to have a great you know footprint in your hand it's going to feel a little smaller there is also a small teardrop notch at the top with with that face unlock that we talked about USB-C fingerprint reader on the back a headphone jack and all of this coming in at $170 the 3.2 is a little bit larger at 6.26 inches it does also have a teardrop notch with the face unlock, but no fingerprint reader on the back. And this one is coming in at $145. Now, for the extra, what, $25, I would spring for the one that's a little smaller and has a little bit better specs. Um, it's supposed to be the higher of the budget phones, but to each his own. Um, these are some great, great options. I've heard nothing but good things about Nokia's entry into the budget phones here, even over the last couple of years where they've really just been dipping their toes in. Another phone that they talked about is the Nokia One Plus. This will be running Android Go, which is a smaller version of the 9 Pi in this case. Uh, meaning that it is a stripped down version of Android Android that is aimed at emerging markets. The apps are smaller in size, so they take up less of the storage on the phone, which is usually a lot smaller on these phones. It has swappable back panels, meaning that you can change the color if you like, you know, coordinate with your with your outfit for the day, if you will, and roughly a 5.5 inch display or just they're smaller, I believe, actually. Um, obviously, it has less RAM and a smaller battery than you're going to see on most other phones. But the kicker here is that it's only going to cost you $111 for the more expensive version of this phone. And I think it's $99 for the least expe expensive version, version of this phone. 
Whether we will see these in the United States, I really don't know. I think they did touch on that, but I, I can't remember. Um, you'll probably be able to import them if you wanted to, but whether they're going to be sold here in stores, I'm not really sure. They, they probably will, but anyway. And lastly, they announced the Nokia 210. This is actually a smart, uh, sorry, not a smart. It is a feature phone. It's running an in-house built OS. Um, there is a web browser, though I'm not sure how pleasant that browsing experience would be. Uh, there are some built-in social networking apps like Facebook and Twitter. Obviously, I could care less about Facebook, but Twitter would be nice to have. Uh, it has an FM radio. That's kind of cool. Um, uh, it only runs on the 2G um on the 2G network though. So you're not gonna get blazingly fast speeds here, but I don't think that you need blazingly fast speeds on a feature phone. Again, this is going to be for emerging markets, um, but they are very cool and they look, to look at them is very reminiscent about the days before all these smartphone glass slabs. Um, and it's going to be hard not to kind of pick one of these up just for a backup phone in case something happens to your main phone at only $34. So anyway, check these out. Very cool. Kind of makes me wish that's where we were at this stage. So if we're on the subject of the Google Assistant, well, <laughs> we'll get there. I'm jumping a little bit here. But uh, Nokia phones and... Um, proprietary OS's, I guess. Let's jump into the Google Assistant for a second. This is a little bit uh, of a side note, at least as far as trying to cover all the phones that were announced is. Um, now I have talked in the past already that we are a Google Home house here. Even though uh, we all have iPhones, uh, I just prefer Google Home over Alexa. And let's not get started about Siri. Okay, but I am a fan of the Google Assistant. I even use it more often than not on my iPhone using a Siri shortcut that is built in. But um, but I just activated my phone, sorry. Um, at any rate, uh, but the news here is that many manufacturers are going to be shipping phones with dedicated Google Assistant buttons built right onto the phone. Uh, LG, Nokia, which we talked about in the previous topic, Vivo, uh, Xiaomi, TCL. Uh, in fact, they say there are going to be over 100 million devices with these dedicated buttons on them. And in addition to this, Google is expanding functionality to the Google Assistant on KaiOS. I know this seems a little bit unrelated, but I mean, it's Google Assistant nonetheless, right? It's the expansion of Google Assistant basically everywhere. KaiOS, uh, this is a, a feature phone OS with uh, the Assistant built right in. I think we talked about KaiOS on a past episode. I'm not 100% sure I'd have to go back there. Sometimes I get lost on what I, you know, typed out for this episode and maybe I thought it was in a previous episode. Anyway, <clears throat> this is going to allow things like voice typing so that you don't have to use the terrible T9 texting or text editing. You will, uh, you know where there are, okay, sorry. So I'm explaining T9 texting here. There are, uh, you know, there's three letters on each number key. If you're of a certain age, you will know what I'm talking about here. 
If you are younger than that certain age, well, you won't. But it is a terrible way of texting before we had the full QWERTY keypads on phones. And those full QWERTY keypads were what we had before we have the now all touchscreen phones for you young individuals out there. I think the dedicated button is great. I think a lot of people thought it was a good idea having the set button on Samsung phones. I don't think a lot of people thought it was a good idea to have that button locked to Bixby, which was Samsung's own digital assistant. But having this button right on the phone to activate Google Assistant, I think is very cool. Uh, last year, I tried out a Pixel 2 phone, a Google Pixel 2 phone, and they didn't have a dedicated button, but they had um, they had uh, the squeeze feature where you could squeeze the sides of the phone and it would activate Google, the Google Assistant. It was very cool, very convenient. Anyway, um, Anyway, very, very, very cool. I, I'm, I'm excited to see this, especially on some of the budget phones where the Google Assistant will come in very handy. So back to phones here, we have the BlackBerry Key 2. Yes, we are still talking about BlackBerry phones in 2019. Not a lot, mind you, but they announced a uh, follow-up to last year's Key 2 LE phone. And this is technically the same phone, but with a deep red finish and double the storage at 128 gigs. It looks amazing. I cannot emphasize to you how good this phone looks. You'll have to check the link, follow it through. Um, the one I linked to here is from Engadget. Very, very cool look. It's uh, amazing. It's very lustworthy, if you ask me. Beautiful, deep, deep red. The problem is that they are asking $749 for this thing. Sure, it's a new Android phone with a nice screen, 4.5 inches actually, uh, to be exact, and a great build, a great, great build. But it's a less than tier, than top tier processor and a so-so camera. I just don't see it being worth it for this phone with all of the great alternatives out there. Also, of note here is that technically TCL is the company making these. They also make all the Android phones actually. Uh, sorry, not Android phones, the Nokia phones that we talked about uh, previously. They own both the Nokia brand and the, the Blackberry brand. And so when you see those phones now, it's TCL making those, just FYI. Okay, up next is the Xiaomi Mi 9. Uh, it's a phone. Uh, I, I don't really know where to go from there. 64 or 128 gig storage, uh, six gigabytes of RAM, 3,300 milliamp battery, 6.3 or 6.4-ish inch display, Snapdragon 855 processor, Android 9 Pie, obviously with their skin over top of it, of course. Uh, what more is there to say? They look good. They have some very nice iridescent colors on a few of the options, but I think this is getting to what the industry is seeing overall here. A new phone is a phone is a phone. Uh, there really needs to be a shakeup here. I just don't know what that is at this point. Or if you're going to release these phones, there have to be, you have to have some sort of differentiating factor, which leads us into Sony's new lineup. These are tall, tall phones. Now, there are three of them, the Xperia 1, which is their flagship phone. It has all the flag, flagship level specs that you could want. 
and the Xperia 10 and 10 Plus, which are their more budget-friendly variants, having the obviously budget-level specs that you would expect. The standout here on these phones is the displays. They have a whopping 21 by 9 aspect ratio. These screens are crazy tall. I don't know that it's for me, but I like to see something being done different here. Uh, these would be the first of this size, if I'm if I'm not mistaken. Obviously, a larger screen is not something that interests me, but with a taller screen, they can have a more narrow body, meaning it would feel smaller in your hand, and you'd have more vertical real estate when reading things, and also true widescreen viewing when turned sideways for movies and videos, YouTube videos and things of that nature. And you know, now that I'm thinking about it, because this is Android and there's more screen real estate there, you'd have more of that real estate for split screen multitasking. So very, very cool option here. Something very different we're not seeing. My only gripe here is that they removed all the bezels, essentially, there's a very, very teeny tiny bezel on the sides and the bottom, but the top bezel is enormous and it just irks me. It looks so awkward. I don't know why, but I would prefer that bezel to be on the bottom. I know that it makes more sense for it to be on the top because of the earpiece and the selfie camera and whatnot. It's a better angle when you're taking selfies, but I don't know, just for some reason, I just the, the this massive bezel on the top just looks so awkward i i honestly couldn't i i'm i'm excited to to get these in hand and check them out but i could not own and use one of these with that bezel i know that's uh, kind of ridiculous but i just i just couldn't um the xperia one will also have a 4k display which is kind of amazing i think this would be lost on me because I'd be just fine with a 1080p phone, but you know, anyway, and I think these are going to be available on one of the carriers. I can't remember which one right now, but anyway, moving on. So next up is uh, some Samsung news here, and it is that the Samsung might be changing the name of their flagship phones. Now, I have never thought myself to be that much of a branding focused person. My wife has taken, has taken some branding classes and has some books lying around here. And even a glance at those books will just bore the hell out of me. I just, just puts me to sleep. But this for some reason interests me. Um, I think it links back to Apple's current naming structure and how terrible it is. And maybe that piques my interest in another company that is willing to admit they maybe don't have the best branded phones and actually need to do something about it and are willing to do something about it. Of course, Apple doesn't need to worry about this. They could call their new phones the iPhone FU and I'm sure tech pundits like me and others would have something to say about it, but they are still going to sell these things like crazy. They're going to sell millions and millions and millions of them. Um, I don't know. I think this is kind of commendable on Samsung's part. Galaxy S10, S10, Galaxy S10 plus Galaxy S10 E. Like it just, it just doesn't really ring even, even when they started, I don't even know why they started with this Galaxy S10 uh, Galaxy S10 II, S10 III, uh, it's just, anyway, okay. Uh, 
So let's see. So let's move on to what might be coming. What may be coming from Apple? So there was a link. I'm going to link to an article at, uh, from Mac Rumors that lay out some quotes from Apple's CEO, Tim Cook, to their company's investors. And he says that they are going to be rolling the dice on future products that will blow you away. Now, there were some other quotes in there, but let's just focus on this one, okay? This makes me very nervous, but also very excited, okay? They generally don't roll the dice, period, on anything, okay? And I don't believe that their idea of quote-unquote rolling the dice is going to live up to what we will expect after hearing that, okay? To them... This could mean slightly cheaper versions of their products, of the products that it already they already offer, or uh, the same products with some you know some new features, maybe features that they think will blow you away, but might not actually blow anybody away. Now look, I, I hope I'm wrong here, and I'm not predicting that that is the case. I'm not predicting that they're going to fall short here, but I don't know. I mean. They've done so little. The iPhones are great. iPhones are great. They work so well. They're so smooth. Everything works really, really well together, except for in some extenuating circumstances. But iPhones are great, okay? But they're boring as hell. They're so boring. That's why I'm so excited about all these different Android phones. Even, even feature phones excite me more than iPhones right now because iPhones are just dull. Nothing has been done exciting and new. They're reiterating on the same thing over and over and over. But, I don't know. Maybe they could be talking about a new version of the iPhone SE. Yeah, more iteration. I know, but you know me. If it's smaller, if it's, it's, if it's a flagship small phone, I think that's amazing. I know a lot of you won't, but I do. Um, there is talk of augmented reality glasses. I'm less excited about this. I just, you know... Uh, what is it? Oculus and the HTC Vive or whatever never really interested me all that much. But once these are out and usable and we can test this and, and you know, kind of work with it and whatnot, maybe I'll change my mind. I could, I could definitely see myself changing my mind on this. I don't know how likely this is, but I want to see something completely new that we have not even thought of. I don't know how likely it is. I, I really don't think that it is. Uh, what with every everything under the sun leaking these days too. I mean, especially, you know, I say something completely new that we haven't thought of, but even if that's the case, chances are seven, eight months before it comes out, we're going to hear about it. And then how mind-blowing is it going to be? But still, anyway, that's kind of my take there. So moving on, a uh, quick little topic here, uh, Apple Music on Google Home. So there was a short period of time where the Google Home app was displaying Apple Music as an option for the default music app uh, for their smart speakers. As it turns out, this was a mistake, per Google, that is. They said that this was a mistake, it shouldn't have been there, or whatever, and they've since removed it. I say, kind of, you know, quote unquote, per Google, uh, because that is exactly what a company would say that's about to launch something that maybe isn't quite ready. Now, maybe it was a mistake. They, I think they had said also that they don't have any plans to offer this or whatnot, but that has a lot to do with Apple too. Is Apple planning to offer this? They have to kind of bake that in uh, in order for it to be an option. I don't know. We might see that. This is very cool to me. I, I would make the switch from Spotify 
in a second, okay? As a rule, I tend to use apps and services that are cross-platform. Technically, Google, or uh, sorry, Apple Music is cross-platform. They do have an Android app, but it still kind of feels like jumping in the Apple camp even more. But it's a better product. I mean, look, it, it is. It's a better product and they have more songs available, meaning a better chance of finding what you are looking for in the first place. And don't even get me started on Spotify's sorry excuse for lyrics. Apple Music has lyrics. Spotify effectively does not. With their ridiculous genius lyrics offering, genius.com or whatever, they give you three or four lines and then a, uh, a fun fact about about the band or the song or whatever it, not even remotely close to what i want but that's just me i mean i don't know maybe people like that but i love in apple music's where if i want to say oh what is he actually saying there what is she saying i can open it up and i can look i think that's so cool i think it's it's almost enough to make me switch even now and then use, I don't know, YouTube music as my default music playing app for the speaker. So I, I don't know, we'll see. And the last thing I wanna talk about here is HoloLens 2. So uh, I'm not gonna dwell on this topic all that much. Microsoft announced the next version of HoloLens, 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 however you say it. And it's aimed solely at industry or industrial rather as in not not coming to consumers it's not consumer facing it makes sense uh as in you know the applications are better suited for business i think they showed off an overlay that would help an individual repair a piece of heavy machinery i'm sure you would still have to have a certain level of training even with this but still it would make that training that much easier so I don't know, uh, very, very cool. You should look at this. I think augmented reality in general is the future. Virtual reality is great for games, um, but augmented reality is something you can have on 24, well, I don't know, all the waking hours of your, of your days, whereas virtual reality is just here and there, gaming or, I don't know, maybe some communication or something, but I think I think augmented reality is where it's at. So this is very interesting. All right, folks, that is all for today. As always, I can be reached at everydayenthusiastpodcast at gmail.com. No dots, dashes, or spaces. Again, that's everydayenthusiastpodcast at gmail.com. You can also find the show notes at everydayenthusiastpodcast.tumblr.com. As I said before, this podcast is available on your favorite podcast platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Pocket Casts, and Overcast. Please like, rate, and subscribe. And until next time, stay enthusiastic.